0: good morning good afternoon or good evening you are listening to the patty g show i am your host patrick grimion i want to say thank you so very much for taking the time out of your extremely busy day to listen to the show this week i have on dr nick robber Um, He is a partner at Aesthetic Dentistry Group of Baton Rouge off of Highland and Essen. He is also the founder of SwoleFest. And Dr. Nick and I, we go back a few years, so we've been knowing each other for a while. And we just got to talking and I never did a formal introduction to the show, so this is it. Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Patty G Show, and we're going to take a deep dive with Dr. Nick on some very interesting topics that I think you're going to gain a lot of value and insight from. So we're kind of jumping in here mid-conversation, so I hope you enjoy the episode, and as always, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you know anybody that would be a great fit for the show, be sure to reach out to me on Facebook or any other form of social media for that matter. Thank you and enjoy the show.
1: Uh, I Look at everything as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what it is. Like some people would be like, I was even telling my buddies, they're like, you're going to do a podcast. Like, what do you, you know? And it's like, you know, eight out of 10 of them probably would never do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of them don't even want to be on air. I mean, I'm used to talking and stuff with Swolefest and those kind of things or right you know, along the way. I mean, you've had I've had a lot of experience with but I notice a lot of people clam up immediately, you know, when they either I mean as a radio talking to you, it's like as if we're but it's 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 a different feel and you gotta have a different feel for it. And I get it. But it's like, man, everything is an opportunity. I look at everything as an opportunity. Even bad situations are opportunities to learn from, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, man, this is just It's a cool thing, and like we're just starting. You're talking about social media; we're just starting social media at our office because we're redoing our name, we're redoing all this. And I'm like, man, you know, we'll tag BR Dentistry in it and do whatever. And I mean, you know, like now you'll file a BR Dentistry, even if we get one out of it, and it's
0: you exactly. Then I'm one more ahead. And that's you know, everybody when you when you tell them something like that, a it's new, and b it's not the normal thing they've been taught. I mean when you go to advert when you when you go and talk to somebody at advertising you take advertising and marketing in school they're not going to teach you how to set up an Instagram post or how to set up a Facebook post to attract a certain clientele for a certain industry when that's where everybody's attention is. It's like you need to go where the attention is for the people and like for opportunities I'm the same way like anything and everything to me is an opportunity. Sure. Like the, the guy from Swamp Dragon, he was, I went to college with him. He's much older, like 40, I think he's mid forties, late forties. And like just meeting him and at LSU, we became good friends. And I, every class I was networking rather than sitting and listening, which I probably shouldn't have been. But it's I used the university to the best I could for absolutely opportunities that I wouldn't have had if I wasn't there. Absolutely. And so he he sent me a text the day. Hey, we're having our third annual Christmas party. I'm like, oh, cool, a networking event. Yeah. I'm like, it's not a Christmas party for me to go to because I'm not going to know anybody there. And then a uh, another guy I just met with who I went to high school with. He runs in a different circle than I do, but it's with a bunch of different entrepreneurs in the area. And he's like, hey, I'm having a get together Friday night. I'm like okay. I'm like, I- I'll, I'll do my best to be there. I'm like, I already had a bunch of plans this weekend. I'm like, but again, that's a different circle, a new circle that I can get into and meet people Sure. and something will come from it. Sure. If not a business development, just another, maybe a friendship or something. Sure. And so it's, but so many other people will clam up and close down and like, no, I'm not going to do that.
1: You know, life is, life is as hard or as, as simple as you make it, but most people overcomplicate life. And it's just, it's amazing that through all the stuff that I've ever done and all the, you know, you're not sure if you're doing it right or doing it wrong or, you know, nobody else is doing it. So if nobody else is doing it, is it wrong, you know? Right. And then you go do it. And I've always been, I mean, ever since I met you at a young age, you reminded me a lot of myself, you know? And so I was very entrepreneurial, very just a go-getter, go, you know, any of these things. And so, you know, just for that reason alone, just to promote you for you being what I see myself in you is plenty enough for me to be sitting here for sure. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's like, and I mean, that's how I grew Swole Fest. That's how I grew my, grow my practice. That's how I've done everything. And it's like, you know, I found just saying thank you to people, you know, when I used to bar bartender for 10 years at Pat O'Brien's put myself through school and, you know, I always remember everybody would leave, you know, everybody that left a tip. And even if they didn't, you know, I just would be like, hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. And they're like, man, thanks for saying thank you, you know, because so many people, I guess, don't say thank you, you right. know, and just expect or whatever, you know. And it was like, man, just that one little thing. And then that, that patron would come back to me every time for a drink or whatever and then sometimes leave more, leave, you know. And it's just it's just amazing that just some of those simple courtesies or simple things make such a huge difference and contrary make such a huge difference the other way and put you on such a defensive, you know, when you don't do a lot of those things, you know, and yeah. it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's like, you know, now everything is so divisive, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, you're either, you love them or you hate them. You yeah. know, you're either black or you're white or you're, you're Republican or Democrat or you're, you know, and it's like, man, there's so much middle ground that everybody's losing track of mm-hmm. for the most part. You got 10%, 10% and 80 and right now everybody's trying to live in 10 and 10 and we're missing the 80, you know? I think that's, we got to get back to that 80, yeah, you it's, know, get back to that common ground where there's a lot of, it's okay. I mean, if whatever you were and I am right here, we could have a ton of common ground that we're going to talk about. And, mm-hmm. you know, you may have a different lifestyle behind the scene. You may, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're still a good person. Right. You know, I still want to be
0: here. I still want to learn from you. I still want right. to enjoy our conversation. You know let's get back to that, yeah so. let's get get to the point where we're no longer trying to find a reason to not like somebody, yeah, but let's try to find a reason to like everybody, yeah, you know, rather than trying to find something that's wrong with the person, just find the good in the person and Absolutely. say, you know what, you did this one good thing that i I stand behind and we could have completely altering views, but I think I'm gonna like you better for that. Yeah, And like what you said, going like saying please and thank you, like saying thank you or please like at your bartending job, that was something that, you know, my, my dad instilled in me was, look, there are two things that you can say that beyond all education, beyond all skills in life are free for you to have from the time you're born. And that's to ask somebody please and to tell somebody thank you. And if you can incorporate that in your life for whatever it is you're doing you're going to get so much further than those that don't and you you could be as dumb as a brick but as long as you say please or thank you to those people they're going to be like you know I like that guy he absolutely. didn't know a whole lot but yeah. he was so nice so grateful for me helping him out absolutely. and just he's just you leave a good taste in somebody's mouth as opposed to a bad taste absolutely and there's my my generation is there's a lot of people that I know that are on both spectrums of that, ones that expect it, and, you know, when it happens, like, okay, cool. And I'm like, you're welcome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and
1: they're like. You were raised <laughs> a lot differently than a lot of kids, though. So. Exactly. I mean, you, you know, i say that about all y'all. I mean, even when I'm at San Gabriel Hardware, or, I mean, you know, it's come up several times, and I'm like, man, that's a that's a good family right there. I mean, y'all did something right or uh, your parents did something right, yeah, and all y'all are doing.
0: My, my parents did something right. That's they did. That, that's all I know. And it's but, it I mean it, to me it's it's like a no duh type of concept.
1: But that's how you were raised, you know. And right. so then that then that brings the other issue, being being raised that way where where you're just appreciative of everything. Um you know, I think, you know, whatever we get into with Swole Fest, whatever we get into whatever, but at the at the baseline of it it's just an appreciation for a human being in fact that's what i was talking to don dubuque about because we were at saint vincent de paul yesterday serving with hunters for the hungry which is an awesome organization um julie grunwald now is a director and i've known julie forever and when she took it over it was just like this phenomenal uh, you know i was just like she's just gonna rock it you know she's Mm -hmm. just gonna she's gonna just Killed this and she has i mean it's just it's she took over everything's been awesome then all of a sudden it's all these things that are happening it's like man you know for us you know that anybody who's a hunter or anybody who's you know a sportsman which you know most of our state is yeah. but you know and, and like to be able to go donate whatever's left over you may have fish you may have you may have deer meat you may have whatever it may be but she came down to Swolefest this year and and we did we got a ton of donations of fish and then uh you know now she's moving right along well now we went to saint vincent de paul and there was a bunch of us there and served and i was just you know you're just sitting there like this could this could be any of us on either side of this serving aisle Mm -hmm. we we could be getting the tray or we could be serving the tray Right. You know, and and so when Don Dubuque and I were talking, they were interviewing for his show and, uh, you know, we're sitting there talking. I was just like, it's just it's basic humanity. It's just total basic humanity. Like this person needs help. Mm-hmm. I'm here to give help. One right. day I'm going to need help and it would be nice to know somebody can give me help. Yeah. And it's just that simple. you know. And, and, and if
0: not, it's OK. Yeah. If they're not there to give it, that's also OK. Yeah. It's but like somebody will
1: be. Right. You know, and so, you know, it may not be the people you would think, and usually it isn't. Oh, yeah. And very often it's the people you would least expect that, that come to your rescue, you know, when you need it. And it could be anything. It may not be financial. I mean, it could be mental. You just need somebody to talk to. You're in a bind with something going on in life, you know. It could be, I mean, it could be anything, you know. So, and I just think, uh, especially with Swole Fest, I mean, that's that's been one of the biggest things. Is just, that's how we started just being super gracious for everybody saying thank yous to the guys that could give us five dollars and the guys that could give us a thousand dollars you know Mm -hmm. and um you know for me just I I just never lost that uh, that gratitude and appreciation I still you know still to this day I mean we you know we didn't build this thing just out of nowhere. I mean, it was right. built off of all these little building blocks, and we still use all those little building blocks to get to a big building, you know. And so it's it's been quite a quite a feat and quite a interesting path to get there, you know.
0: So. Yeah, and it's I, I find a lot of people when they get to that big building, like you talk about, like Swolefest has gotten to that that point where they're not they're no longer just a little a little bitty thing that you're doing with ten of your buddies, you know. It's grown so much higher than that, but you're still using those same small building blocks to continuously build that building. I think um, a good chunk of people tend to, when they get to that big building, they lose sight of those little building blocks that got them there in the first place. And while they still can grow because of the level they've already achieved, they lose that personal touch and that personal respect of saying, thank you and Mm -hmm. saying, please, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's something that should never be lost no matter where you're at, what level your, your business is, how large you are, you know, it's something that should always be the, the last thing you say to somebody is thank you, whether they helped you or they didn't help you. You know, some, you walk to somebody and you try to close the deal and they say, look, it's not going to happen. You know, sorry, we're, just, we're not where we're going to be for whatever it is. And you should still walk out of the room and say, you know what, thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not to close a deal or financially or mentally, you just want to you know, be gracious that everybody has a worth regardless of who they are and where they are. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's it's huge for not only businesses but individuals. And that alone can change somebody, whether it be professionally or just personally. I mean, just making yourself a person that people want to be around is somebody that is gracious of your time, somebody that's nice to you and respects you, more so than sometimes they even respect themselves. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I want, like for me, it's like I have zero expectations of when I do something for somebody, I'm going to get something in return. It's just doing that something good for the sake of helping that person out. And that's kind of what I wanted to do entirely with the whole show is I'm like, you know, I want to bring people on and help them in whatever way that I can, even if it's just giving them an hour or an hour and a half just to talk whether it be about their business or whatever else they want to say, just giving them a platform to do so, and if five or ten or one person or nobody listens to it except me, like yeah. that, that's still something I feel like I've helped in some way, even if they don't see anything from it.
1: Sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I it, it was interesting because um, I've always found that if you find the stuff that nobody else wants to do and you do it, People follow. And when you're at the top and you're still doing that, you know, so most people don't want to take the trash out, right? No most people don't want to take a nasty bag of trash at an event, bag it up, haul it to the dumpster, whatever else. Guess what? You know, when we're at Swolefest or You know, if I'm somewhere at a camp or I'm somewhere, wherever it is and, you know, trash needs to be taken out or, you know, dishes need to be washed. Nobody likes to wash dishes, but it's a necessary evil, you know? So you go and you go do those things and then all of a sudden people see you doing them and they're like, well, why is he doing that? You know? And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it it has a, it has a, a, a following concept to it almost, you know, where, you know, you're sitting there and, and, uh, and so I've, I you know, for me, I've just found that that's always been such a, such a big part of it, you know, like just always being there, you know, you're never too good no matter how high, uh, you know, how high up the chain you are to do any level, you know, you came in at some level somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, even, even in a dental practice, you know, I mean, yeah, you came in as a dentist, but you started somewhere in that process. And, you know, going back to, You know those old jobs we have when we're in high school just trying to make any bit of money you know and i can remember working at some of my dad's buildings he's in real estate uh he was a manager of some commercial property in new orleans and you know i'd go work summer jobs over there and you know all of a sudden i you know i'm i'm quasi maintenance, man, quasi this, and, you know, I'm getting called up to the ninth floor to unclog toilets and I got to go change light bulbs and I got to go do this and I got to go do that, you know? And I mean, you started somewhere, absolutely, you know, and you got to always respect where you started and realize that everybody's starting somewhere and they're in some part of it and never lose track and, you know, and, and I think that's just such a, such a humbling thing to always remember where you, where you came from, you know? I mean, Absolutely. just like with you <laughs> getting over there to come help me raise chickens and how do we do this and you're showing me this and that. I mean, now I've got my nice coop built and got my chickens in a luxury suite, it seems like, but you, know, you still got to get out there and clean <laughs> up chicken poop. You, so. you,
0: you still got to clean the poop. You still got to feed them. You still got to go through and do the necessary things for the coop. I mean, like like you said, like I remember back to, gosh – um, back when I was like 14 or 15, waking up at 4.30, 5.30 in the morning to go down the street to throw hay at 25 cents a bale. <laughs> like, you know, like things that we we did in high school or even before high school, we all, like you said, we all started from somewhere. But what I, what I find is a lot of people, especially like with college or with, you know, second, with, you know, advanced education where they get their master's or their PhD or whatnot, they expect to jump in at a level that, is skipping a lot of steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that, you know, for example, where I work, I started out as an intern. My first two weeks, I was moving furniture, like rearranging the office space. And I'm like, this is like this is not what I want to do. Right. But I understood that stuff like that still has to happen. And even last week I was changing a toilet float in the sink <laughs> right. in the toilet because that's I, I, I know how to do that and that's something that had to be done and I you know I was like hey like I like they said can you do this and I was like absolutely but you know you have a lot of people that are like that's not my job correct and those people don't have an appreciation for where they started square 1 they kind of when you get so far you tend to forget where you came from mm-hmm. and the key to continuous success i think is having that mindset of i started at square 1 i can still do that same task that square 1 does even if I'm way down the line. You know, like, taking the trash out is... Nobody likes that.
1: Nobody, yeah.
0: But it's necessary. I, yeah. And those that do it, regardless of where they are, will go way further than those that don't.
1: So, you know, it was, it was interesting, and and one of my best friends in, in college, uh, we met when we joined a fraternity. I was a Fiji at LSU from shoot 1999 to 2003 i guess um and my buddy matt mathern um we met you know we were pledge brothers and and it was just one of these one of those people you just you're magnetized to right and you know he he was the yin to my yang i mean we were just those type of friends that was just once in a lifetime type meetings and, you know, and you meet multiple people like that throughout your life and it's always a special thing. And, um, and so, you know, he loved the idea of Swole Fest and he was from Homa. And when we were down there, um, you know, we'd get talking and I'd be talking about it. And He just, he loved it as much as I did. And I mean, you got to remember back then, you know, when we're talking in the early two thousands, you know, there's like, I don't know. Forty people in Swolefest, and we're still ha- having it at a camp. And I mean, it wasn't anything like it is today. A bu- this day. bunch of
0: your buddies going fishing on sure. the weekend and sending some money in.
1: Absolutely. And it, we didn't even have a cause then. It was just the cause was a party. It was to you know to get down there for the weekend. And then I remember trying to figure out how do I get a sponsorship? You know, I mean, everybody's sponsoring. And then I realized, well, it's got to basically benefit something for people to, you know, because at that time I didn't know anything about taxes or I didn't know anything about charitable gifts or, you know, any of these things and realize like, Oh, well that's why people give money. So then they can write it off or they can do this, you know, and get their deductions or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And so then that was the, so the first charity I uh, had was American Diabetes Association because my stepdad was a diabetic and my parents were doing some fundraising type things. So I was like, oh, well that makes sense. Well, what if we just have Swole benefit benefited? And so I went to American Diabetes. And so in 2001, that was the first year it actually benefited something, which was our fifth annual. And so, you know, and I'm like, all right, so now what do I do? I got to like, you know, I'm looking at how other people have these little fundraising. You got levels, you know, you got gold or silver or bronze, mm-hmm. you know, you got.
0: You get a T-shirt, you get a backpack, you get, it. you know, yeah, your
1: they, name on the wall. You get all these things. So I'm like, well, what do, what do I do? You know? So, I mean, and, uh, and I'll never forget going to, uh, you know, and Matt said, well, man, we'll ask my dad. And he was a, a family physician down in the home area and, uh, Dr. Brian. And yeah. so we went down there and I was like, man, I said, you know, and I was, I was so, we were so nervous. I'll never forget it. We were so nervous. And uh, we go into, and we're at his house. He lived in Berg, which is just offset from home. It's a little off off town of it. So, and we we're in there and, and uh, we're like, Dr. Brian, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get these sponsorships. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so I showed, you know, and at the time I had it like a thousand dollars was my biggest sponsor. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is like. If somebody would give us a thousand dollars, this is the most amazing, this would be the most amazing feat. And then it broke down to like five hundred, two fifty, hundred, fifty dollars, whatever the breakdown and you know. And so I'll never forget we we're sitting there in his kitchen and Dr. Brian was like he's like, Yeah, hey, I'll I'll give you guys a thousand bucks and I'll just like both of us look at each other and we like start hugging and you know we're just we couldn't even believe in his dad like it sounds like my first big sponsor you know and uh and so then you know that that went on and and then what ended up happening was matt helped me a ton with the rodeo and Mm he you know we're going back to the trash thing he always was like man i want to I'll always be here. Let me take out all the trash. Let me. And he always wanted to do anything because he wanted to help. And, And for him, that help was to get in there. And I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, my gosh, like his dad is our biggest sponsor he still wants to do the trash, you know And I mean? We all did it to that point, but now it's like actual event, you know, we're now an event. We're now this, you know, we're at the Marina, we're at the Sandala Marina now. Like we have all these other things I got to think about and he did it. And so, you know, so Matt was so instrumental in all those things. And so then we went on and then Matt ended up going to med school. I went to dental school and, uh, and he didn't get into LSU his first year. So he had to go down to the Caribbean. He went to Grenada. And uh, okay. got the two years down there. And then during that time, uh, I think it was Hurricane Ivan passed mm-hmm. like over Grenada. Oh, geez. And while they were there and supposedly that was never supposed to happen, You're never supposed to get hit by a hurricane down there because of the way the, the winds blow and all this. And so he and his wife, Amy, ended up getting out. And um, and then what ended up happening was they came back. Then he started, he did med school and then things started, things started kind Of getting a little weird with him, and we couldn't tell what was wrong, you know. And then I'm like, Man, he's got to be on drugs, he's got to be something's not right. And um, he ended up getting diagnosed with frontal temporal lobe dementia, Pick's disease is what it's called. Oh, god! And so he got into his first year of residency and he had to leave um, because everything was just going south, and it's just it was this terrible progression. And he ended up passing away a few years later from it, and so you know, it was one of those horribly humbling moments in life that just there's so much anger, there's so much sadness, you know, there's so many memories, there's so much that happens when that happens. And, right. you know, and it's obviously he went way before his time, but he left such a stamp, you know, and he left such an impression on so many people. And still to this day, we have a Memorial scholarship award that we give to a, a, uh, uh, one of the high school seniors at the Grand Isle school down there that, you know, and it wasn't, we didn't want to do it based off of, you know, who had the highest grades and we didn't want to do it based off of those kind of things. Cause that's, w- wouldn't be what Matt was worried about. Matt right. wanted to know you're a good person that you've done great things and whatever else. And, you know, <coughs> there's not a whole lot of seniors usually in the senior class at Grand Isle, you know, it's usually five or six, but you know, they're, is generally one that stands out that deserves it and so you know we always give uh, So we give a scholarship but you know it's just amazing how life happens for all of us in whatever ways it happens and you know and you you never know why you know and sometimes it's it makes sense and other times it doesn't and sometimes it makes sense right away and other times it makes sense way down the road you know but you know he's one of those guys that still lives in lives inside of you every day right. you know there's things you do or things you see or that remind you all the time and you know to to lose such a close friend you know especially at such a young age it, it just you know it's like it's like a superhero still in your mind you know and mm-hmm. uh you know you just and you can't ever think about the the what ifs you know you can't ever think about you know what it would have been or whatever else and you just have to cherish what it was and right. you know for us that's an embodiment of you know, with Swolefest Fest and, and, and all those things. It was just, he was always that guy. You know, he was always that guy. And it's like, I just always want to be that guy too. You know, I want to keep that legend going forever, you know. And it's just, it's it's one of those special things, you know, so.
0: Yeah, it's one of cool. those things that you never, you never want to have happen. But when it does, you become a better person from it. Because even though their time was short, they weren't here for as long as you thought they would be what they left was so lasting that you're like you know i don't know what i don't want to know what would have happened 20 years if he'd have been here i want to have like you said that memory of what he was and how he was so great while he was here right they were able to see and that's people that don't have that experience sometimes they're able to kind of see the picture and relate to it but those that in it like you said they lose their best friend or they lose like their uncle or somebody that's super close to them way sooner than they expect they have this better appreciation of what life is what life's about and how they can leave an impact in a short period of time and I think while it's a tragedy at the time it's really a blessing for those that go through it because they're like you know he did such a phenomenal job I want to be like that because I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow, you That's know, right. and so having that realization that you couldn't be here tomorrow gives a perspective that not everybody has if they don't experience something tragic.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, it's, you know, it's having been in dentistry now, I'm being what going on, I'll be 13 years in May um, that I've been out of school. You know, and it, it's one of those things that you don't even it, it teach you a lot in school, mm-hmm. but then you get out into the real world and you
0: realize <laughs> It's like, totally different.
1: Maybe I know 10%, you know? I think uh, I know. think
0: that's generous.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, I, I know all what I'm supposed to <coughs> do and, and how to do it, but there's so many variations, you know? It's kind of like if I just hand you a guitar and there's only, you know, however many strings and chords and all, but yet you can play millions of songs, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the same thing with the educational process. And then it's like when you get out and we have all of these amazing patients, you know, and so then you develop these relationships and especially in dentistry, we see patients every six months, mm-hmm. you know, generally speaking, if right. as long as If you follow you right? your six-month yeah. cleaning requirements. <laughs> so, but, you know, and then other people may be there um, every three months, you know. Some people... May only come once a year. I mean, it just depends. But regardless, generally speaking, you see these patients on a pretty a pretty quick turnaround interval than than any other part of medicine for the most part, you know. And so you you, you gain these relationships and this closeness, and you know, and especially in in our practice, it's it's just a it's it's a long standing relationship between our original founding partner who started our practice in 1963. We still have patients that their charts date back to 1963, you know, and then their kids and then their grandkids and then their great grandkids, you know, and we see them. So then all of a sudden, you know, like when, you know, a patient does get sick, you know, our patient does pass away or whatever. I mean, it hurts, you know, it's, it's one of these things that it just, it just never seems to get easier, you know, and just, you know, we, and, and, you know, we go to the funeral, you know, we go to the, you know, we know the family, we call the family. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that just, I don't know. It's just, it's a, and then you start to realize, like, well, yeah, they never told me anything about this in dental school, but, you know, it's all part of life, you know, and life isn't easy. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, we always, I was always guilty of being like, okay, well, next year, mm-hmm. you know, when I get, I, I got so much going on this year, when I get to next year, is what I'm going to do. This is by, you know, all these things. And then life inevitably not necessarily gets in the way. I mean, it's and it life. Just, it just happens. Life happens. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're just sitting here and, and, you know, like you said, you never know what tomorrow brings, you know, could be good, could be bad. I don't know. You know, you just never That's know. Right. And I mean, there's just so many things that, that contribute to it. And, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's, it's an interesting thing. And so we go back and we we teach some of the kids at the uh, seniors at the dental school and, and, you know, we're trying to like trying to to help them as they get out to transition out. I mean, it, you know, where do you even begin to say what to expect? But at the same time, you know, you're just trying to say, oh, well, look, you know, basically. You got to roll with the punches. I mean, there's so much that's going to happen that I can't even forewarn you of. Now, there's a lot of things I can tell you, like, go ahead and do these because these are a lot of mistakes that people make or dentists make or, you know, people in general make. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, there's just so much that that just is going to happen and it's your attitude and how you deal with how it happens that more or less – Makes you successful or not successful, you know, or yeah. if you're optimistic or pessimistic,
0: if you're, you know, I mean, gosh, that's a whole different conversation <laughs> <laughs> Whether you look at things with a bright light or a negative light. Absolutely. I mean, because going back to what you said with like school, they only teach you what the books lay out. You know, they don't teach you how to necessarily handle individual cases of individual people that everybody's going to experience. I mean, it was it took me my first full year at the firm, I had a client come in for tax season and he sits down. It's the first year I've ever had this client. I don't know this guy from Adam. And he walks in and he's like, all right. he's like, I just want to let you know, this is probably going to be the last tax return you prepare for me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't think I'm going to make it to next year. I'm just like, you just like, you sink in your chair. You're like, what do you do? You know, how am I supposed to be prepared for all these exams and all this studying and all this prep that I do? How am I supposed to prepare myself for somebody to walk in and say, hey, this is the first tax return you're preparing for me. But this is also the last tax return because the next one you're going to prepare is for my estate. I'm just like, I just met you like 10 minutes ago. And you're telling me that you're not going to be here next year. And it's, it gives you a perspective like, okay, stuff's going to happen. Right not anywhere that we're going to be able to see it coming. And it's when it does come at us, how do we respond to it? That's right. How do we go about it and say, okay, how can I go about the situation in a way that's going to better that person or better myself as opposed to, well, it's not supposed to be that way. I'm not going to do it. You back out. You know, if somebody presents you with a problem that you're like, well, I didn't prepare for this or I didn't expect this to happen. I'm not doing it. Then you're just shutting out a whole side of what your career could have been. But if you hit it and you're like, okay, got it. We've got something that has not happened before that nobody knows a whole lot about. Let me dive into this and see a way if we can remedy this issue. And those people can find so much better, not even in their personal life, but their professional life of advancement. And like, okay, people will see that. People will see how you react to that situation and where you go from it. And school schooling i don't care how many years you got it's not going to prepare yourself for what's actually going to happen in the real world in any profession any profession so i want to i want to get into swole fest a little bit we've kind of touched a little bit about it but what what is it i mean we've kind of jumped around how it was kind of started with some buddies and how we kind of Funded a little bit for the Diabetes Society, and, you know, you had your, you had a great story about your buddy. But what, at its heart, what is Swole Fest?
1: So, it's probably the number one asked question of Swole Fest. <laughs> and so, you know, I always, I find it, uh, I find myself on repeat with it very often, but rightfully so. You know, because, you know, say we named it, you know, Patrick's Rodeo. Mm-hmm. People would most likely forget Patrick's Rodeo or they would forget Grand Isle Rodeo. You know, all of a sudden you have something named Swolefest. There's just kind of a namesake to it. Right. And that was never the intention. But back in 1997, uh, I was a junior in high school. We were all sitting on the back deck of my parents' house. And in New Orleans, uh, I guess, I guess be anywhere in the state but in new orleans especially it seemed like there was a lot of rodeos you know and so some people may say well what is a rodeo Mm -hmm. it's just a synonymous term for a a tournament in fishing in the fishing world south of i-10 let's call it (laughs) Uh, you know but so there was all this there was these fishing rodeos and so my dad and his buddies had multiple fishing rodeos so growing up i would love to go fishing in these these rodeos and it may only be a handful of people it might be you know 30 guys or something like that that they would go and it would be at different people's camps or different parts of the state whatever it may be you know south of i-10 um and then so i'm like i want to i want to start my own fishing rodeo you know kind of like i was alluding earlier kind of like with you you know, you see certain entrepreneurial type stuff, or you see certain just opportunity avenues that, mm-hmm. well, why not? I mean, somebody's why not do to, it? Let's somebody's go got to do, do it. it. Somebody's got to do it. I'm going to start a fishing rodeo. Everybody else did it, and now they've been doing it for 10 years or 20 years. i am start my own rodeo. And so I said, well, what I'm going to do is, and I got a Louisiana Sportsman magazine. And they used to have a page; they still do, like a Grand Isle page, and it just mm-hmm. had lists of the motels, the fishing charters, the, you know, what, it, any pertinent information of the island in this one Grand Isle page of this Louisiana Sportsman magazine. So I went, I called them all, tried to find who who would give us, you know, who, who would be the best deal for all of us. Rounded up as many people as I could, you know. So basically, I rounded up my dad and my buddy and his dad another buddy and his dad two other friends so the original group was eight of us five friends and three dads okay and i went down and uh i found the barefoot inn and the barefoot inn was is no longer there so the barefoot inn was one of those situations that it was the 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 cheapest easiest option for for all of us and uh so we rented it for i forget what it was two nights i guess it was and uh we had three boats so all the dads brought the boats down and uh so we had the th- we had the three boats i think two or three boats and uh each yeah. each one of the moms made a meal so we had meals for each night so we had it all planned out so we had the place to stay we put in for food and i had one little trophy made for the biggest fish of the rodeo which was going to be the swollest fish swollest. and so okay. you know so at the time when we were all 17 years old everybody's working out doing what they did where everybody's getting swoll and so then it was like oh let's call it swoll fest you know and and that's that's pretty much how the name happened uh, on the back porch there in in Metairie, um, in 1997. And so we went down, we had a good time, everything was fun. And then, uh, you know, I didn't think, I didn't think anything of it. And then, so the next year came along and I was like, well, I was like, man, should we do Swole Fest again? You know, we had a good time <laughs> last year, you know? So buddies were like, man, that was cool. Yeah. And so we had a couple more guys. And so, you know, the next year was 15 guys or so and same dads and, uh, we went down and we just same kind of thing, kind of fished around. We did our thing and we had a really good time. And, and then, you know, then the third year came around then the fourth year and it kind of kept getting a little bigger and we kept doing it, but there was never, there was never an intent. There was never an, in, uh, you know, I mean, people look at it today and they see this giant organization, you know, and, and it's like <laughs> that none of that was the, ever the original intent. Mm. And, um, in fact, we just got this big philanthropic award and, you know, they had a little, they had a, a young lady came up and I think she was 16 or so. And it was, it was so, it was so interesting because as she's telling her story. I was like, gosh, that just, that brings me back to that age of just, you know, and, and she's so far ahead of, of me and, you know, and, and at, at that age, you know, I mean, this girl's doing tons of stuff at sixteen and seventeen. I, I wasn't doing anything but kind of executing an idea. Now it 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 kind of worked out in the long haul. But, you know, I, I see I see some of these these young kids now, or I see some of these people that just do such phenomenal things that I'm just just amazed by what these young people can do. Or just I mean, not even young people, just anybody, you know. I mean, probably one of my biggest amazements that I see here locally, um, and I mean heck nationally, if you want to consider it, but, uh, the Bella Bowman foundation, Kim and Trey Bowman, you know, I mean, they lost their daughter and, you know, and, and how they pursue every day, just like we were talking about what attitude and, and, and drive and all these things. And I mean, what they accomplish in a year, I mean, it's just, it, it, it it's incredible to me and, you know, and, and their, their foundation hasn't been around near as long, you know, but I look at it like, I mean, God, Lee, what, what you did in just that sh- short period of a few years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is just tremendous. You know, I mean, it's taken to me, I mean, this is going to be our 23rd annual this year, you know, <laughs> right. 24, we didn't count the year of BP, but um, cause the oil spill, we didn't have it that year. So I just, we didn't count an annual that year, but this year coming up in June will be a 23rd annual. And, you know, it's like, I mean, it's been going on almost a, a quarter of a century. And it's like, you know, we're just finally getting around uh, to to doing some good things with Swolefest, you know, and, and uh, you know, but it, it, it's just the biggest thing is, is there's never been anybody paid. So there are no paid. Everything is 100 is percent volunteer run you know, there, there are no paid administration. There's no, none of that stuff. I mean, just all the monies go into like putting the event on, you know, buying the shirts that we turn around and, and, um, you know, the merchandise that we sell, or, you know, you get with your sponsorship or your registration, things like that. And, you know what I mean? And you got to put a good, you got to put a good event on, you know, we have good bands, we have good, you know, the food is donated, but you know, it just, there's so many aspects to it. And just last year, I finally got around to to putting together a big spreadsheet and putting together all these things to try to remember because so much of it is just in your head. Right. And you just know what to do when that time of year comes around. But it's like, man, I need to, I mean, it's starting to be so many line list items that we need to start putting some of this down or, and it's not even a matter of delegating. Cause I mean, delegating is a huge part of any success. And I mean, we have tons of delegation in it, but still there needs to be even more of it delegated year to year just to, stay sane and just to keep it <laughs> as a volunteer run and right. keep the mission right and to keep all those things right and, and to keep it where people are coming back and, and they're, they're getting the feeling that they want. You know, people don't come fish Swolefest for the prizes. Now we have great prizes. We have great food. We have great entertainment. We have all these things, but people come to Swole Fest now for the feeling. There's a feeling you get. There's a feeling of, um, family and, and, you know, we help all these disabled kids and veterans, and and that's our mission. And, you know, and we were able to make the, the big donation to the Children's Hospital. And, uh, you know, to be able to pledge $500,000 to the new Children's Hospital was such a – it's just still hard to comprehend that this little thing we started on the back porch – that we've already given hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to all different other stuff that we we were able to give 500,000 to this new hospital. And then, you know, when it opened up this year in October, you, you know, you walk in there and it's just, it's just this amazing place. And then they named the whole cafe area. So when you go in the, on the first floor, the whole right side is all named after Swolefest And it's like, wow, that's just, that's an amazing that's an amazing attribute to so many people, giving their time or their money or you know the combination of both, and just kind of following a dream, you know. And it's just it's all made up, you know what I mean? It's all <laughs> yeah. a made up name, with no intention of of ever becoming anything you know what I mean? It's just and so like when people have an idea, you know, when people have just some just little intuition of what they want to do go do it right you know what's what's the worst that's going to happen i heard no so many times early on all i heard was no you know when i heard a yes i was kind of double taking like whoa did you say you you want to donate yeah you're gonna donate you're gonna give us something you know what i mean and it was amazing i mean and we worked with everything i mean we i mean it didn't matter people would give us a filet knife you know what i mean and and early on i mean If you gave us a filet, if you gave us something, you're probably getting on the back of the T-shirt because we needed anybody to to donate. And then, you know, you're trying to make this thing into what then you you, this idea, which you think is going to be, you know, and then then it starts to it really that snowball starts to form. And there's, you know, I think there's something to be said for organic growth, you know, and, and something to be said for just always staying true to what it is. You know, we never made these giant jumps. We never made anything. It just was this constant organic growth, you know, and we had some big players along the way that, that definitely helped us in a lot of ways. And, you know, it's just, you have to constantly stay true to yourself and you have to constantly stay true to, you know, what your mission may be, but also know that it could be dynamic. It could change, you know, it could be, you know, you may have to alter it. Don't be so stringent with it, you know, to make it. And I mean we try we try every year. There's things we try every year. People may never even realize that we tried it and they work and a lot of times they don't work. You know? Yeah. And more
0: times than not, they don't work. That's right.
1: And then but you start to learn, you know, and then you start to learn and you don't make as many mistakes and then you make fewer mistakes and then you start to you know, the mistakes don't hurt as much, you know, whatever it may be. And um you know, so you know, now looking at it and you just have thousands of people that come to Grand Isle for this event and you've got, you know I mean, last year was a bad, it was a bad year because we had a lot of weather issues Mm -hmm. and it was 800, you know, we had right around 800, (laughs) I think, paid participants coming down there. It's still huge. It's still huge, yeah. And you're still like, man, it's 800 people paid to come here to follow our mission, you know, so then we can give to this, this, and this, and this and just keep carrying on and doing whatever it is. And, um, you know, like, and then now being part of the children's hospital and, you know, we're so vested into it in so many ways. And then again, with the lead of the Bella Bowman foundation and with Kim and with Trey, um, you know, I reached out to Kim and I said, look, I I just, now that we're, we're there, you know, now that we have this presence there, you know, what what can we do? You know, for me, just giving a check every year is not, is not enough. You know, I want to, I need to be part of it. You know, I, I need to be the guy. If you need me to hump, come haul off trash, right? You know, let, let me be that. Let me mop the floors. Let, like, let me do something for events or whatever. I want to be a part of, of this thing. You know, like I want to be, I want to be there. I want to, I want to be a part of it all. And so, um, actually Monday, so the 16th, we're actually getting with Roberto's River oh, Road yeah. restaurant. Right down the street from your house, old house. Right, right. uh, And we are providing lunch for every person in the hospital and all parents, any kids staying in the hospital. So it will be about 600 meals on, on Monday for the hospital just as a gratitude, as a thank you um you know for what they do and you know there's a lot of people that work really hard and again it goes back to our early conversations i don't even know if they'll make it on the podcast but it's just about the gratitude and the thank you Mm -hmm. you know what i mean for us for us to provide a great meal you know and then we've got we've got some great t-shirts and some teddy bear type things that we're getting made and then of course we have tons of swole fest stuff that we're going to be bringing that will go in and then we'll have like a a Santa type thing with the Bella Bowman foundation to go around and make sure all the kids in the hospital have a good Christmas, you know, and man, it just, when I was talking to Kim about it, I, I got, you know, I got all choked up about it. Cause I'm sitting there saying like, who knew that 25 years ago, this is where I would be. But yet there was almost like some premonition that this is where I needed to be, you right. know, and it, there's a lot of stuff, You know, Swole has gotten me through a lot of things in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. like even just the stability of it or for what it stood for, for for whatever it was during that year, you know, it may not have been because there was hundreds of people there. I mean, there were years when there were 50 people there, but I still felt like I needed to do this. I didn't know why. There was many years I asked myself why. I mean, when I'm struggling to get through dental school, when I'm struggling to get through whatever and... But I still had to do Swole Fest, and then all of a sudden, literally, almost that aha moment was 25 years later, you know, 23 years later, 24 years later, when I'm sitting there like, this, this is it, this is, man, I get to, I get to, this is what we actually get to do, and this is what it benefits. That that's, that's an amazing feeling, you know, right. and 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 I usually. I usually – it's hard for me just to accept that, you know. A lot of times there's this, like, it's just hard to. But, I mean, in that moment when I was uh, – knowing that this was actually what Soul Fest has done and is doing was just a phenomenal feeling, you know, it really was. And uh, and, and the staff of Our Lady of the Lake and the sisters, um, you know, all the people we work with over there are just – you know, it's just it's, – it's it's a special place, you right. know. Sister Martha, especially, she actually came down. She's one of the, the head nuns that are over there. And she came down and fished with us last year at Swolefest. She came to Swolefest. And, um, you know, so here's,
0: you know, it's like,
1: it's like Sister Martha and, and, and the Pope and God,
0: you know, I mean, there's just this <laughs> she's little. She's so high up and so for her to come there is incredible. It
1: is. I, I just, you know, and, and, you know, and she gave a little fisherman's prayer. Wow. You know, it's Wolfest and it's like and and to see what their mission is, you know, and to really see our lady of the lake, you know, and they have they have so many so many facets in the community all around North Louisiana, here all through. And, you know, when when they're following this true mission and it goes back to like, I see them doing it. I want to do that. You know, I want to follow that mission as well. You know, I want to, it goes back to the same thing, taking the trash out, you know I mean? Going down to the lowest level of just humanity or just of what it takes to make something happen. And all those nuns over there, all those people that work for the lake and they do it, you know what I mean? So it's real easy then to follow that lead. You know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of organizations that I've worked with over the years that, you know, just it kind of falls off over the years or whatever it may be. It just never. And, you know, you don't get the warm and fuzzies. It's about a feeling. You know, you just don't get it. And something pretty special about that new children's hospital that's here. It's (laughs) it's an amazing place. I mean, you hope you never want to be
0: there. Right. You know, with with your child. But if you are, that's where you want to be. Right. You know that. The people are there, they're not doing it. Excuse me, they're not the people that are working there aren't working there for the paycheck. They're working there because they get the opportunity to help impact people's lives every day. They get to whether it's make it great or comfort them when they couldn't make it great. Mm -hmm. They're still able to give back in a way that you can't anywhere else. Yeah. You know, and having that having that ability or having an opportunity to help people Especially in a hospital setting is something that I'm like, just, you know, I praise people that work in hospitals or in healthcare because they're able to help people in times of need when they feel helpless, you know, cause it's, it's, it's something that not everybody can feel like they can control the situation when it comes to health. Sure. Because it's like, I don't know, I, you, you could ask me a simplest question about health or biology, I would have zero answers for you. It's just, it's not something that everybody knows. And so whenever they go to a place where they need the care or they need the attention that they, that they need or they feel they need and to get it and to get it with people with a smile on their face, mm. to get it with people walking through the hallways like, hey, how are you doing today? You know, whatever's going to happen, we're going to be here with you. Yep. And just giving that sense of comfort, that sense of warm feeling. Like you said, a feeling when you walk into a building is something that's irreplaceable. And when you find some place that has it, you never want to go anywhere else. You know, so it's 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 a place you don't ever wanna be, but if you had to choose, you wanna choose a place that people are there for you. Sure. Regardless of if they just worked. To fourteen-hour shifts, right? And they're like, I want to go home. They want to get sleep, like everybody is at their jobs. But they're like, you know what? I can't leave because this patient needs my attention, or sure. this this family, this mom of this kid needs my attention. She just needs me to sit there and just just hold her hand, or the dad, or the parents. They just need to sit there. And they just want they just want somebody to be there so they don't have to necessarily think about the bad that's going on. Sure. And to find that is just it's irreplaceable. So, it for what what y'all are doing with swole Fest, I think is absolutely incredible, yeah, well, and where y'all are going with it, it's
1: you know, it, no matter no matter what it is. I mean, even you know, running swole Fest or um, you know having a dental practice or having you know, no matter what it is, at some point it becomes you know a lot of a lot of work. You yeah. know, at some point it becomes, you know, say a job that there's some disconnect or there's, you know, it, and it is, and it's very easy to, to drift or to wander, you know, to where you're, you know, you're just like, man, do I, do I, cannot keep doing it? Do I want to mm-hmm. keep doing it? You know, you just have these, you know, almost like midlife crises, I guess. <laughs> and um, like 20. And, yeah, <laughs> at, at, yeah. In, in, in your work career or in, in just in life. But, um, you know and then certain things happen and you're like wow this is this is why i do it you know and this is and and for me just walking those halls of the children's hospital i was there not that long ago and uh i just man it's just it's 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 amazing it's just it's it's an amazing amazing feeling and um You know, and it does, it revitalizes why we do it. And then you want to go earn as much as you can to give them as much as you can. And you, you know, you're ready to save the world again. And, you know, and then, you know, you come back down to reality and you realize like, you know, we, we can do what we can do, you know, still have a job. We still have, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's what drives you that philanthropic side or that charitable side. I mean, I think that's what really keeps you grounded in life. Right. And, uh you know so and there's so many good especially down here in louisiana i mean we might rank last in everything <laughs> everything else but i mean as far as generosity and charitable people and you know and and all those kind of things i mean louisiana ranks number 1 yeah no doubt
0: that you know. southern hospitality you just uh, you can't find anywhere else i can't no and and I've, been, I've
1: been all over the place and you you do not ever ever Feel, that that type of hospitality like like we do here, yeah, for sure. And
0: that's it's it, it's hard to explain to people what that level of hospitality is, and then, like you said, it's it all comes down to feelings and emotions, and you have to be there and you have to feel it before you even know how to explain it. Yeah, and you can't you you almost can't explain it. I mean, you can't explain when you know, for example, if somebody on the street that I live on was to have a baby. I guarantee you six or eight people would bring that couple food. Mm -hmm. Not even knowing them, not even knowing anything about them. It's just that step up to help somebody just to make sure that their life's better or to make sure that their life isn't as difficult as it is because we've all been there or we all will be there. We're all going to be at a difficult point in our lives, whether it's now or it's in 20 or 30 years, where we can't do something we thought we would and we wish that somebody would help us out. Sure. And so when we have the opportunity to do that, down here in the South, especially, we step up and we do it. You know, I I know that it's like you said, we were I'm raised from a different grain of salt, and that's was my mother's biggest thing was she would she wouldn't even know you. It would be like a friend of hers friend's cousin would have something sick and she'd send something. Sure. You know, just to be able to help them in some small way would add value to her own life and feel like she helped them contribute to making it better. Sure. And it's, I feel like a lot of people kind of get caught up in themselves and they get caught up in their day-to-day. They get caught up in their life and what happens every day and what happens tomorrow, what happened last week, what will happen next week. And that we don't ever take a step back and realize that in the grand scheme of things, it's so much larger than just ourselves. It's so much more than just what I can accomplish for me or what I can provide for my family. You know, it's there's a lot more people on this earth than just us. Mm-hmm. And if we can find a way to touch one person and help one person, then we'll start to make the, pl- the world a better place. And we don't have to do it on a national scale. That's we don't right. have to do it on a worldwide scale. That's right. It's everybody gets caught up, you know, especially like you said, it took you 20 something year, 23 years to get Soulfest where it is now. Everybody wants that instant blow up, that instant unicorn that happens, whether it be for business or their personal life. They want that instant success to happen overnight when in reality it doesn't. That's correct. Because if you want to start on a national level or you want to get to a worldwide renowned level that everybody knows who you are at a worldwide platform, you have to start in your own community. you got to start in your own street. you got to start in your own house. And it takes time. But nobody wants to realize that it does take time. Nobody Sorry. wants to accept that it does take time. They want to, you know, for an entrepreneurial world, they want to start a startup tonight. And next week, they want to have $2, 3000000 million invested in that startup. And it's like, this it doesn't happen. Right. And when it does, it's the exception rather than the, than the norm. That's correct. But people see it as the norm, and they're like, oh, well, that's all I ever read about, and that's, that's right. Because what you don't read about are those people in their communities, like Swolefest for 23 years, working in their community to build what people will then talk about. Sure. And it's, it's, not, it's not a teachable thing. It's something that people have to realize themselves, and people have to have discussions about it, that it's it's Okay to take 20 years to grow something to be massive or to be talked about on a national or state or even parish level. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's what can you do in between then to make the most impact where you're at? That is invaluable for people. You know, like you said, when you walked the halls, you just felt it. Well, if you start something at your your street level, you know, we're not even gonna get to a, a state or a city level. You start something at your street level, you start, when you when you walk out your door, your neighbors tell you hello. Your neighbor's like, hey, and they call you by name. And that gratification, like, oh, whatever I did to get there, I have that satisfaction of I made an impact in that person's life that they want to remember me. Even if it's your neighbor walking out and y'all walk out together and say, hey, good morning, how you doing? That can impact and make your life so much better than trying to go on a national level day one.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it. <laughs> it's... That's a total, total truth. You know, I mean, it it just, you know, every day you get up, you put one foot in front of the other, you know. You're still young, but as you get older, (laughs) there are going to be aches and pains, and (laughs) it's harder to get out of bed every morning. And
0: each step is so much more painful. so
1: hard, you know, and then, you know, you talk to your parents and it's even harder and that kind of thing. But, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, just when you get out there and then it's just it. literally, I mean, there's some days it's, it's hard just to put one foot in front of the other and get that momentum going again or get, you know, to get moving forward and just, you know, trying to do, you know, do the best you can, you know, there's a lot of truth to just saying to do your best. And I mean, my mom was the biggest advocate of that every day. She would be, you know, do your best, do your best, do your best, do your best, you know, and it was just ingrained. And still to this day, I find myself subconsciously saying like, well, just, you know, you do your best and, and, you know, your best is, is going to be good enough, you know. It's going to be okay. Right. It's, it's going to be good. Now, sometimes you know you try to always be the best, and then there's a difference between being the best and doing your best. And absolutely, sometimes it's hard to 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 differentiate. But you know, when you do, and when you can, you figure out when you're doing your best or when you're trying your hardest. You know, and and that's sometimes a hard thing to differentiate. That life then tells you how you sift this out. You know, yeah. and, <laughs> and absolutely. Uh, You know, growing up, my mom, um, she was a special ed school teacher and, you know, I had this very unique opportunity to always be around all these special ed students that had, you know, I mean, who knows what the, what the issues were that led them to her class, but that's what I was, was raised around, you know, so I was raised around all these special ed students that you have to have. Some deep level of compassion and deep level of you know just humanity to to be around them all the time and and always just trying to be normal with them and here's my mom I mean that's all I knew I mean that's what mom taught mom would would you know she's on a a school teacher's budget but would would bring these kids food because a lot of times they may not even have meals you know they may not have eaten breakfast you know they may not have they're probably not going to get christmas gifts that year you know i mean and you know growing up with that that probably had a lot to do you know in that subconscious realm of swole fest you know like to always trying to do something for others and trying Mm -hmm. to you know always help others in some form or fashion and right we grew up we uh you know some people may have heard of it but it's called uh Huntington's disease and so my family has Huntington's disease and so basically it's a it's a, a dominant trait genetically that if if you get it or if your parent has it you have a 50/50 shot of having it and oh wow it's a neurodegenerative disease it's just a and it's a horrible horrible disease and so all growing up I never even knew my grandfather who had it my mom's mom but Uh, then growing up, I watched all my aunts and uncles go through this. And then now like all my cousins, you know, who then it was passed to now have it and are, you know, on that decline. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things It was like, why was I spared? You know, Mm -hmm. why did, why didn't mom have it? Therefore I I couldn't have it. Therefore I can't pass it on. But you know, why was I spared? Why, you know, and, and. i think that played a big part in all of it you know it's kind of like well you know i mean i'm sure they would have loved to have had a a full life that they could have done whatever they wanted to do and never got that opportunity and i was given that opportunity so the one thing i want to do is make sure to give it back to those that may not have had the opportunity you know and so for us like when we help all these these kids you know so that same year i started swole fest that we uh I I did a week long camp, muscular dystrophy camp, Mm -hmm. and it was just that was a life changer. You know, you go and you take care of a camper with muscular dystrophy at, you know, seventeen, eighteen years old, and that's a life changing event. You know, I mean if if that doesn't change your life, nothing's gonna (laughs) do it, you know. And, you know, when you go there and you actually get put in charge of somebody else's life at a very irresponsible time of your own life. It really sharpens sharpens you up to to be responsible and to be like you know opens your eyes. Like we were saying, I mean, something's got to open your eyes at some point, right? And you know, for us or for me, that was it. You know that that week at muscular dystrophy camp. You know, we we had to do it as a service project at Jesuit in New Orleans, and and I was just, I, I mean, still to this day, it's like it's just it's it's an overwhelming, it's an overwhelming thing to even think about and um and still to this day i'm associated with muscular dystrophy association it's you know and still have great people in my life that have muscular dystrophy Mm -hmm. and um you know what i mean um you know so when we get to take these kids you know Swole fest, you know, hunting or fishing or doing whatever we're doing with them, and you know we're we're getting to get these kids in the outdoors. and man never got to go, and they always wanted to. So now right. we're 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 being able to provide these kids with this opportunity once in a lifetime, maybe you know might yeah. be. Um, and there's just man, it's just something that's so special of that, you know, that something's just so special about that to to be able to do that for somebody in that situation that you know we can go everybody can donate their time and come and make this person's uh, weekend just the best weekend of their life right you know and kind of you know like the little the little girl rachel that's on the bottle there that we were we were going over um rachel was our 2015 inspirational award winner at swole fest and um we got to bring her on a, on a hunt out there in West Texas. And, you know, it was one of these things that that's what she always wanted to do. And, and we had these extremely generous people out of Texas. And, uh, they said, look, whatever she wants, whatever she wants to go after she gets to get, and she always just wanted a big white tail deer. That was her goal. Her whole, you know, her whole hunting, curriculum was to get this big white tailed deer at some point and when we went that year and we were able to get it and i mean she was in a wheelchair you know she can't she couldn't move she couldn't pull a trigger she couldn't anything and there's all this adaptive gear that allows them to to use a a straw where you suck on the straw and it pulls the trigger and then we had an iphone set up to the scope so she could see it and i mean you know and and that's all this little girl ever wanted to do you know and for us that's it and it worked out and, um, and unfortunately she passed away this year and, um, but she was one of those people that just was, she changed your life as soon as you would meet her, mm-hmm. you know, you would, she would, she would be out there in her wheelchair, not being able to move a whole lot. She suffered from SMA, spinal muscle, muscle atrophy and, um, you know, and she would always be feeling sorry for anybody else that she would see that may be suffering out there you know, right. and yet you would assume it would be her that, you know, you'd be feeling sorry for, but it would, that was never her case ever, even up until the very end, you know, and I was on the phone with her dad all the way up until the very end. And, you know, it's was just, what an amazing person, you know, it's one of those people you meet. And again, she was here for 20 years and, and changed a lot of our perspectives on life. You know, just just an amazing, an amazing, amazing person that, you know, we were we were just honored to get to know and to spend a little part of her life with her, you know.
0: So that's incredible. And yeah. it's so we're we're starting to kind of kind of wind down on the episode. Um, This will be the last episode aired for the year and we won't have another episode aired till the second week of January. So this will kind of be the year end and new year episode for people to listen to as far as the Patty G show goes. So with that in mind, what is something that you want to leave with the audience or the listeners that kind of has resonated with you over the years with what you've done with Swolfest, with your dental practice and kind of what you just you've learned that has changed your life and kind of given you this perspective that you with people wouldn't necessarily have to go through some of the circumstances to learn those lessons, but you still wish that they had an appreciation and understanding from what you've learned over the years. What is kind of something you want to leave them with that going into this new year, people can kind of start to think about and they can resonate with them and how they can make an impact even before the new year, you know, start changing their mind, start changing their lives in a way that they wouldn't have done so if they hadn't heard it.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is is time. Uh, you know, when you give time to somebody, that's, that's the biggest asset you can ever give somebody because you never get it back. You don't get time back, you know? We're sitting right. here, we're having this great meeting. Tomorrow, it's in the past, right? So we never get this time. And I'm just enjoying my time sitting here right now, with you right by this little fire. It's a great, it's a great day, you know? And I think people, um, forget about that, you know, and, 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 you know, they get so busy, you get so busy, you got all these things. When you start to realize how precious of a commodity time actually is, you'll start to want to give more of it and receive more of it from the right people. And, and, you know, when you have, when you get all these things, there's a lot of things. We all, we all go after things and they they come and they go, you know, they, they, you know, all those great Christmas gifts that couldn't wait to be opened. they're in garbage bags. Six months later, you know, going to the Salvation Army or they're broken or they're whatever. It's just a, you know, it's just a whimsical feeling that just doesn't last. It doesn't get anywhere. But that time, you know, that you get to spend with people, it's all those memories, those pictures that we get to go back on. And, uh, I think when we just, when we're able to just do that, um, you know, yesterday just spending our, our lunch break serving meals and, and to the St. Vincent, de Paul, you know, all the people that just needed, needed a meal, you know, not all of them are homeless. Right. Some of them just they're just in a, in a bad break in life. They just need, they just need something. They need help. They need just a little bit. They need somebody there to give their time to help serve, maybe to talk to them, maybe to tell them, thank you, maybe to tell them you're welcome, you know, maybe any of those things. But I just have always, you know, figured out that, that, that's what's most important. And each person needs time for themselves, you know, like, if if you're not all all right with yourself, it's going to be hard to give yourself to others. You know, so you know, use that time to help yourself, and then once yourself is good, use that time to help others.
0: Right. That's and that's that, that's such a powerful thing. And i i i was in I was in a conversation the other day with um with a mentor and a and my my boss, and we had a discussion about what to do in your idle time and car drives and time waiting in an airport. And he, he told me that it's best to think about your life, the stuff that's upcoming, the stuff that's happened, and to kind of reframe your mind to prepare yourself for that next moment that you're going to, whether you're driving to get somewhere for a big event or you're driving somewhere for a family meeting or something, just to kind of, instead of playing the radio for the three- or four-hour drive, take a little bit of time to kind of think to yourself about what's about to happen or what has happened. And like you said, get right with yourself because I feel a lot of people don't spend that time. You know, we're constantly either on our phones rather watching TV, we're listening to music. We're constantly at a state of just go, 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 go. That there's no idle time to really reflect inwards to ourselves and think about what we've done thus far in our life and where we want to go with our life. That I think you nailed it right on the head of just spending that time to find yourself within, you know, however long you want to take. And then being able to find a way to give yourself back to other people. So I think that's, that's, it's truly powerful when people take the time to realize that about themselves and to spend that time and thought that I think that's, that's, that's a great way for people to end the year and to begin a new year, you know, a new decade that we're coming into the 2020 year of what can we do to better help those around us? And going into the new year, I think that's something that people should keep in the back of their heads. Because everybody makes a New Year's resolutions that last for about a week. Correct. But let's find something that people can do to make a change in their life now before the new year. And their New Year resolution is to keep it going. That's rather it. than starting something new, starting, you know, rather than waiting for 2020 to start helping people out, let's start helping people out now. I mean, we're only, we're fairly halfway through December. Let's start helping people now. In a way that we can keep going in 2020. So I, I just want to say thank you for your time and for coming on the show. Thank you. This was this was not at all what was scripted, but I think it was so <laughs> so much better. And I th- I think when we we have those moments that we don't necessarily plan and we don't necessarily script, they turn out to be far better than what was scripted in the first place. So I didn't. This was this was not a normal episode for me by any stretch of the imagination, but it was. By far, one of the greatest ones, because we just had a moment of just we spent however long we've been spending just being real conversation, and I enjoyed that. So thank you for coming on, Dr. absolutely.
1: Nick. I had a great time, and uh I think you're going to do great with your Patty G show. I think it's a, uh, and I think it's a great thing. I mean, you're you know you're basically starting your swole fest. You right, know? <laughs> you're starting your what you want to do, and you're yeah. starting where you need to do it, and you're doing the right things to do it, and. And I, I, I commend
0: you for it. Well, well, well. thank you very much for that. Um, so for, for everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a bit of a different take, but I think it's one well worth the listen and a re-listen if you have the time. So thank you so very much for taking the time out of your very busy day. Be sure to share the show if you liked it and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. And this is Patty G signing off from The Patty G Show with Dr. Nick Robber. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you.